This audio track is an interview with Rod Taylor, who talks to George Feidman of the Open University. Rod is Managing Director of an electronics company in the UK and is well-placed to comment upon the skills and qualifications required of engineers in today's professional world. He began with a brief description of his companies. It's a small group of businesses. There are around about 120 people in total, with around about a third of that number based on the south coast in a business which is an engineering company, around about 80 people here in the northeast, and uh, we have a small office in Tampa, Florida. We manufacture electrical instrumentation, which is used to ensure that products conform to the different electrical safety standards. We have an engineering function in the south and also one here in the northeast, but we recognise that we can't really bring all the different types of technology into a small company, and therefore we use quite a lot of external organisations, whether they be universities or subcontract design houses. Of around about 120 employees, we would have about 25% of that would be classified as engineering in one form or another, and about half of that would be graduate engineers, and again, probably 50% of that would actually uh, be a member of an engineering institution. And Gary, you have quite an active programme of encouraging people to develop their careers and membership of institutions. Irrespective of whether they're engineers or not, we do try and encourage development self-development and the company's willing to invest in that. So uh, we don't just single out engineers for that particular support. However, engineers are extremely important to us uh, and we do find here in the northeast that uh, we need to make sure that we're putting in place development programs firstly to raise the competence of the engineers on a broad front and secondly to put something in place which will enable them to identify that there is a career development going on for them and hopefully we will be able to retain them for longer than we would otherwise be able to do so. Could you say something about the nature of these programmes? As a business we would not normally reward people for gaining a particular qualification or uh, gaining some other recognition. Their awards would come through the contribution to the business and their standing within the organisation and we would therefore try to be putting in place salary, bonus schemes, etc., which would reward them for their contribution to the company. And I believe that uh, qualifications of whatever form would enable you to gain experience more quickly and therefore be able to gain those rewards more readily. We do have different training development programs where we will actually support time that's needed and make 100% contributions towards the cost of their training. But again, that would depend on the individual program and as to how directly related it may be to the business. Some part of these programmes involve people working towards institutional membership. If I was to look at the staff in the company who are engineers, then some of those people will be working within the company through programmes such as teaching company schemes or possibly case studentships. And then we'll have other people in the company who are direct employees involved in design and development, project engineering and all the rest of it. So certainly the people who've joined us through different programmes would all be working towards some form of professional membership of an institution. And as many as possible of our other internal staff, we would be encouraging to do so as well. Do you then, as a managing director of an engineering company, regard the role of the institutions as important to your industry? Yes, I I think they're probably of significant importance in a number of areas. They obviously set a benchmark in terms of standards, levels, etc. 
for us to be able to assess engineers. I think it's very important also that uh, engineers as individuals have the opportunity to aspire to certain professional standards, which gives them the credibility and status within an organisation or within the industry as a whole. So I think from that point of view, there's a value. On a more general front... We find it extremely difficult to compete on cost these days, and therefore we need to be able to put into our products as much innovation and technical superiority as we possibly can. And therefore we need to be bringing people into the business who can help us to do that. We are a business which has design, development, manufacturing, marketing, sales, all those different functions. But this business is driven by new product development, and practically every individual in the company will be part of a new product development program or project team. One of the difficulties we have is making sure we can actually hit our targets, bring new products to to market in time and acquire the necessary resources, whether it be financial or otherwise, to make sure those projects come through. So the engineers will quite often be in a position where they're asked to not only be possibly the project manager of those teams, but they're also having to develop skills to interface with uh, individuals from different functions, be spending a lot of time with customers, having a very broad role indeed. Well, everybody has their own aspirations and they have their own views as to how they want to see their careers develop. But we would like to encourage our engineers to take a much, much broader approach. We don't want to take them away necessarily from the pure technicalities of the product itself. But the real value to this business is making sure that at the end of the day we can produce world-beating products in the appropriate time. So it's very broad the way we see our engineers working. How do you spot an innovator? Where does this driving force come from? A lot of the engineers, we will try and make sure that they're interfacing with other organisations, either other universities. We try and use various uh, DTI programmes for inside British industry, etc., just so that we can actually expose them to the benchmarks of other businesses or organisations and give them some idea of best practice some of the areas they may, may want to follow, rather than keeping it all within the business itself. But do you think you grow the innovators, or do you try and select them at interview? Attitude is very important. We use a number of different recruitment techniques to try and identify people with the right approach to the company. On the other hand, you can't get away from the fact that a small business has to have people, in a lot of cases, who've got expertise in different disciplines. And therefore, you need to make sure that you have a software engineer who has the necessary embedded software skills, etc. So that is the number one requirement. But then our job after that is to give that person the opportunity to grow and develop should they wish to take a broader approach to engineering. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.